Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Locals to Legends Wrestling Radio. I'm your host, Gene Jackson, and this week we're going to have our special WrestleCade recap episode as me and my wife, Rose Jackson, are now traveling down Interstate 40, leaving North Carolina, having just left uh, Winston-Salem this morning uh, after being there for WrestleFest the last couple days, so we thought we would discuss it and tell you about our experience and uh, you might want to check it out next year so uh, this is I was thinking about it this morning uh, in the shower and I guess this is actually our fourth we've been to one in Atlanta well those those are the NWA Legends WrestleFest of course ran by Greg Price Uh, we did Atlanta and then two in Charlotte right so this would be number four number four okay so uh, we've never been to WrestleCade before and we made our decision to come to WrestleCade just based on uh, the sheer volume of people who were scheduled to be there. I mean, it was pretty pretty amazing the number of wrestlers that were scheduled to be there. And, of course, with any wrestling-related event, you're going to have some cancellations. You're going to have some no-shows. Um, the only one that really affected us that we were bummed out about and we already had a ticket purchased was Kevin Nash uh, word on the street was Kevin Nash has shingles and was unable to travel so that's understandable No, uh, nobody's mad at Kevin Nash or upset it was just uh, disappointing because we had just got to meet Scott Hall and we were excited to get to meet Kevin Nash but met plenty of other people and uh, it was a really good time so uh, tell us a little bit about you know what your expectations were and, and how you felt I mean we'll dig into it a little deeper as we go, but just off the surface, what your initial thoughts are. Well, as far as fans best go, I have to say it's by far the easiest one to go to, driving-wise, the longest. Um, Expectation-wise, probably the best for me. Um, I know as you're more geared towards the old-school continental NWA, you know, legends yeah. and whatnot. I mean, I, you know, I myself being a person of the 90s, the ECW, the TNA, the WCW, you know, I was pretty psyched to see, you know, some of the guys from that, that stage of area, you know, the Jeff Hardy, Matt Hardy, uh, you're a Jeff Jarrett fan, you know, Shelton Benjamins, the... Mr. Kennedy's, you know, stuff like that. I mean, I, I had a very fun time. Well, of all the people you got to meet yesterday, um, well, we're, we're going to go through a couple categories here, okay? So, of all the people you got to meet yesterday, who are you most excited to get the opportunity to meet? Joel Gertner. Joel Gertner. Hell yeah! There you go, Joel Gertner. Uh, for those who may not know, was a... a uh, manager and an announcer in ECW back in the day, most notably manager of the Dudley Boys when they were at the prime of their heel tag team tag team title run. Uh, Joel Gertner would introduce him with his naughty limericks or rhymes, if you will. And uh, I was a huge fan of Joel Gertner as well. I have to admit that. Joel Gertner was a highlight of the show for me and my buddy Mike. We always look forward to what kind of vulgarity he would weave into his, his pre-match rhyme that you could tell usually cracked up the Dudley boys as well because they didn't know it was coming. 
But uh, Joel, here, okay, let's address this real quick, and I know you'll have a comment on this. We've gone to these fan fests, and we we see pictures of them, and you know I see the different ones that I would like to go to the big event up north, WrestleCons. Uh, they're they're popping up everywhere now, and you know you have like you said guys from all different levels. You have old school big names, you have old school mid carters, and you have recent indie guys, recently released WWE and TNA guys. All this jobbers. Jobbers, if you will, Dorsa. <laughs> um, but uh, but in each instance, you see guys who, you know, they're you're there. They're there at their table, and they're trying to sell pictures of themselves to get signed. They're wanting you to pay to get a picture with them, which most people want to do. And sometimes you have a guy who was most notable for a gimmick. And he's standing there in Zubaz and a gold gym shirt or a, a pair of blue jeans and a polo shirt. And if you take a picture with him, you got to explain to somebody who this guy is. Or you got the guy like, God bless him. I mean, maybe everybody's not his biggest fan, but Glacier wears the full, the whole entire gimmick from WCW. Yes, he does. The whole complete the entrance wear, the whole shebang. Glacier standing there in all his WCW Monday Nitro glory. Um, Godfather yesterday, he had on the glasses, he had on the vest, he looked like the Godfather, the hat. Everything. Um, Trying to think of who else. Uh, Blue Meanie had the the hair blue and and, and, uh, he didn't have the eyes blacked out, but he 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 was halfway there. He did the wrestling show, but not at the actual fan fest. But fair enough. Um, so to me, that always adds a little bit. I mean, there's guys that we weren't even necessarily huge fans of, but we went ahead and got a picture with them because, hell, they were all decked out and uh, their full gimmick, and it was cool. Yeah, like, you know, the Patriot has his mask on. He has this kind of somewhat yeah. stuff that matches it. You know, I mean, otherwise, I mean, this guy standing there, you know, just some dude with a mask on with his like polo shirts, blue jeans. I mean, yeah. I love Bill. I love Bill Eady, and I respect the hell out of him. Yeah. But I mean, he was sitting there with a mass superstar mask on. He had a Mickey Mouse sweater. Yeah. Um and 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 dress pants, which was kind of odd. Um, Blizzard, I love Arn Anderson to death, but he had on a Georgia Bulldogs hat and his glasses and everything. He looked like somebody's uncle. Yeah, but granted, when we met him in Charlotte, he had a tracksuit. Yeah, tracksuit. He like an extra from The Sopranos. So I mean, you know, I mean, it was better. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it's still Arn Anderson. It's cool. But I'm just saying, uh, you know, Jeff Hardy had his face painted. He hadn't had the eyeballs painted on his eyelids and everything, which was cool. But where this whole entire diatribe was going, um, Joel Gartner, he had his fur coat on. He had his neck brace with a tie on it. Joel Gartner was, an, you know, full full Joel Gartner regalia from ECW circa 1998. And that was awesome. Yeah, and it was hot as hell in there with all the people. <laughs> And, I mean, that dude had to be sweating like crazy. I mean, that fur, full fur coat, just crazy. Exactly. But he wanted to he wanted to look the part, and he did, and he's a super nice guy. Um, really reasonable with the, the, you know, everything was 10 bucks, which is super cheap for a fan cuss when you got guys like Brutus Beefcake are uh, hitting you up for 30 bucks to get a picture. Uh, and sign 35, a picture. sir. 35. Okay, I thought it was 30. All right. 35. All right, so 35 for him to sign something we brought and to get a picture with him. 
But he did have the hedge clippers. He did. He did have the hedge clippers. And I'm not going to go too much into what we spent on things because I don't want people judging us and calling us marks any more than they already do. A mark is a mark. I don't care. I can be a mark. Like me, don't like me. I'm a fan. And, you know, I do pay money to meet people, and that's what fans do. So judge me if you want. I know. You already did a whole podcast on the whole mark thing. We're not, we're not going to go down that road again. I know. If you want to hear Rose Jackson's opinions about being a mark, go click on the Rose Jackson link. There's like an hour-long podcast about various topics, and that was one of them. And uh, that that podcast got a lot more downloads than I thought it would get. Hey, I can't help it. You you drew better than some of the quote-unquote names that I've had on the podcast. So (laughs) I don't know if that speaks poorly of them or highly of you. I don't know. Maybe it's highly me, poorly of me. I don't know. Maybe people like me. I don't know. Okay, so we, we discussed... Hey, Joe Gartner thinks I'm sexy, so... Yes, Joel Gartner signed Stay Sexy on her picture, <laughs> um, which was cool. She enjoyed that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so we, we said most excited to meet uh, Joel Gartner. Um, who was the coolest person you met? Like, somebody you thought, well, I want to get a picture with him. But I don't know how, how great they're going to be to meet. And then they surpassed your expectations of being a cool person and, and being nice. Uh, Blue Meanie was really nice. I was yeah. really, yeah, I was kind of surprised he was really as nice as he was. Um, not that he doesn't seem like a nice person, but I don't know. You know, some of the guys, you kind of feel like they may have that, uh, I don't know, like I don't really want to be their attitude. Like, oh, I'm just here for the money. But then, you you know, when you get there and you get to meet them, it's more like, hey, they don't, I don't think they care if they get a dollar. They're just happy to be there and meet people, you know? And to his credit, um, he stood there, you know, in that pose for a long time because the guy you handed the camera to apparently had never laid eyes on a camera in his life. dumbass. And so there were pictures of his feet at the table. And so there was three, four pictures in before he finally got a picture. And Meanie was super cool about it. Didn't get ill. That was actually a theme throughout the day. Our camera, you got to hold this button down for like three seconds for it to flash. And that just completely screws everybody up. I mean, they want to tap it. Press and hold. Press and hold. Press and hold becomes, I don't know, press and hold. Press and hold. It will flash. I mean, two cold Scorpios even telling the guy, hold it. It's not in his camera, but he knows a camera, you have to hold it. It's a digital camera. Same with Terry Runnels. Just like, hold it, hold it. And then and people are just tapping. It's, it's freaking 2015. Who can't work a damn digital camera? One button. One button. One button. Hold it down. Flash flashes. Picture takes. We got several of the people. There's two, three pictures of us because people could not work the camera. So... If you are going to a fan fest or a wrestling show or some uh, type of event where you're going to be meeting people and taking pictures, uh, make sure when you hand somebody the camera, you go ahead and stress that right off the bat. Hold the button down. Press and hold. Just a little bit of advice from, from guys who have been to several of these types of shindigs. Yes, and be sure to check your picture before they walk away. Because many times, as we found out in Rome when we went to that fan fest, that the flash didn't come on, and we couldn't see ourselves in the picture. We have a very shadowy picture with Teddy Long. You can kind of make out the player. Yeah, but, you can, you can uh, see the bow tie see there the bow tie. in the shape of his head. They yeah. used to call him Peanut Head back in the day, and yeah, you can see right. his little peanut head. Um, he knows Teddy Long. Yeah, so. and we, of course we have a, a, a blurry picture with Sabu. 
Yeah. From from Charlotte. We do, and sadly, um, the the guy that actually owns Wrestle K took that for us. Yeah. And yeah, so. But and and Sabu being the the wonderful, joyful, uh, cheery person that he is, we've we've never bothered to take another one. No. Um, so speaking of that, and you kind of mentioned it, and in, in your synopsis of Blue Meanie. Um, who of all the people we met, and obviously I already know the answer to this, but for people listening, they can be in suspense for a moment. Who was the per- one person you met who did strike you as, I'm just here to get paid. I don't really want to be here. I don't really give a shit about meeting you right now. Uh, just uh, hand me my money. Well, there's a couple, but the one that I guess comes to mind the most is uh, Greg Valentine. That dude has the most hatefulest face, which... Yeah, but we didn't meet him yesterday. I'm talking about the people we met. Oh, okay. Um, ones we met yesterday? Yeah. Uh, my mind's blurry. Uh, who, who? I'll, I'll tell you, for me, it's Bruce Beefcake. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. It was, uh, give me my 30 I thought it was 30 You said $35. Give me my $35 yeah. and fuck off. I mean, like, he... he yeah, he was kind of... I mean, he had a gruffness to him. Like, hey, I'm just here because I'm, I'm Bruce Barber Beefcake. You're going to pay or... I mean, he wasn't hateful, but, like, you could tell it was just like, okay, yeah, give me the money, snap the damn picture, and let's let's go. I mean, there was no, um, you know, Harlem Heat was really cool. Yeah, Harlem Heat was super cool. We got to see uh, Booker T go off on somebody. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Booker, was fun. Booker T went off on somebody. Not not like a hateful, like, it was, I don't know, it was funny in the end. I mean, like, I guess he was being hateful when he said it, but, like, it wasn't like an altercation that's going to end up on TMZ or or one of the wrestling websites or anything. It was just, it was funny. But him and Stevie Ray were both both super cool. And Brutus was like the only person who struck me. Maybe I just took him wrong. I don't know. I mean, maybe it didn't come off that way to you. But like I say, he wasn't mean. He wasn't, but like everybody else seemed genuinely happy to meet you. And hey, thanks for coming. And hope y'all have a good time. And Brutus was just like, how, you know, what do you want to do? And I'm like, well, I want to get this sign. I want to get a picture. Uh, okay, $30, $35. And then... The guy, the guy who snapped the picture, he knew how to work the camera, but he insisted on taking the second picture because he told Brutus to smile. Oh yeah, I think that did set him off. <laughs> and I think that kind of pissed him off too. Yeah, but and then Greg Valentine stood over, looking like he just smelled a fart, like he always does every time you see Greg Valentine at one of these things. And you always see Greg Valentine at these things because he always shows up, even if he's not booked. He showed up in Charlotte on one he wasn't even booked on. He hung out in the bar all weekend. Yeah. And then got pissed when people wanted to take pictures with him. So. That was kind of odd, but anyway, so that was the only person I, of, of the people we met, and we only met, I mean, there was a, a hundred people there, and we met 30 of them, maybe, 20-something. I haven't sat and counted up. Oh, well, I can't count it right now, but yeah, at least. At least but he was the only one that really, the Scorpio was nice. He made sure that our picture turned out good before we walked away, because that guy was a little questionable, too, and he was like, you know, check that picture, because I, I don't think he took it right, and... uh so I was I was uh, pleased to meet him. Cole Cabana was cool. Sanjay Dutt was yeah. really cool. Uh, Evan Bo- Evan Bourne, Matt Seidel, whichever name you prefer. Um, I know one of the people you were most excited about going in. I mean, I know you're excited about Gertner and Meany because you're you're a big ECW fan, as am I. But I know one of the people you were excited to meet going in was uh, Johnny Mundo slash John Morrison slash Johnny Nitro slash John Hennigan slash you know. <laughs> We could go on. We could go on and on. Did that live up to your expectations of getting um, to meet Johnny Mundo? Yes and no. Yes, he was very nice, very professional. Um, I 
again, a guy that has a particular look and gimmick to him. You know, if he, he would have had, like, maybe his fuzzy boots on or something. I don't know. You know, I'm a fuzzy boot lover. The big jacket. The big um, jacket. The, he had the glasses on. He yeah, did have the glasses on. Um, he's a lot smaller than I picture. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he's very ripped, but he's not a big guy. He's very short, very short. We shared an elevator with him at one point, and he made fun of Matt Seidel's quote-unquote man Man bun. (laughs) Yeah, it was pretty good. That was fun. Uh, When we got to the hotel and made our first trip in the elevator, we shared an elevator with Bill Dundee and Karen Jarrett, so that was kind of an odd combination. Kind of odd combination. Of course, we, we still see Bill Dundee on a regular basis, so it was just like, hey, it's Bill, you know. Yeah. Uh, so that wasn't, you know, like starstruck or anything. Like, oh, we've had some interesting times in elevators. Like, you know, the at Charlotte, we shared an elevator with Tully Blanchard, and, and he uh, commented on, you know, we were staying in the upper suites that you had to have a security, security code to get into, and he said we were staying in the foo-foo suites. So I thought, when you're staying in a fancier suite than one of the four horsemen, you're uptown, you're living it up at that point. Oh, yeah. Uh, we shared an elevator with a drunken Tommy Rich oh. and a couple that had just been married. Oh, yeah, uh, that was quite interesting. newlyweds, and uh, Tommy Rich and his drunken entourage happened to pile in. I think I'm going to give your uh, your listeners a treat because my, my throat is very sore this morning. I have just enough hoarseness in my throat. I think I can react, reenact that just a little. Oh, please H- hold on. <laughs> okay. So we're in the elevator. You've got this newly married, I mean, this woman has a beautiful, at least $10,000 dress on. Yes. You know, I mean, very nice. Tommy, Tommy Rich gets in the elevator smelling reeking of beer. Just reeking. I mean, oh, uh, beer. Hey! Y'all just get hitched. Hell, I don't know what I'd do that. Hey, getting married, that's bullshit. <laughs> that's, uh, that's pretty much it. And uh, that's how probably one of the first first people they seen outside of their wedding party. And you could tell they were not wrestling fans. Like, they had no, no clue what was going know. on. They're like, oh, my God, we're in this elevator with a drunk, like, toothless man. Like, oh, my God. Quite, quite <laughs> horrific for them, I'm sure. And uh, and then we shared a, 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 an elevator with with Buff Bagwell, who was toting in a case of beer at 7:30 a.m. to get started. Oh, that was and, uh, lovely. That was hey guys, how's it going? You know, the the Buff voice. So I don't know, and that's just that's just a couple of scenarios of different people, and and, and so. That's always a fun uh, aspect of these deals, too, is, you know, you go around and meet them, get the pictures and all that, but you uh, you sit in the lobby and listen to Ole Anderson rant about people, which oh, was fun. that was fun. That was um, fun. He, he doesn't do that nowadays, I think, since he's had all his health problems, yeah. but then that was that was awesome. They'd wheel him in there, set him in the lobby, and he'd just go off on stuff. Yeah, he would just, <laughs> he'd cut promos on guys walking by, you know, and you know, somebody would walk by and speak to him, and then he'd cuss them out, and everybody'd sit and watch. And it was almost like something else. They, they, they could have parked him in a different room and charged admission to just that. It was like, you know, Ole Anderson rants, and, you know, you pay an extra 10 bucks, and I would have paid it. It was, it was definitely fun. It was definitely fun. That's, that's the experience you get when you go to a fan fest. I, you know, a lot of people, I think they miss out on that because they think, oh, a fan fest is just so big. I don't know that I could go and drive eight hours and go to something like that's four or five days long. 
But, like, I mean, I have to say, like, WrestleCade, I mean, we spent Friday driving. We got there at, what, 5 o'clock. We checked in. You know, we had pretty much rest of the afternoon. Um, Saturday morning, you know, we get in, 10.30. We spent, what, at least till 2? Yeah. Getting autographs. And we were we were worried we wouldn't get to meet everybody before the cutoff at 3.30, but I mean, we were we out at everybody two. we wanted to meet. I mean, yeah. I don't think there was anybody we, we walked away with going, God, I wish we could have met them because we didn't, I mean, we had time. And the only long line we stood in was for uh, Jeff Hardy. Yeah, Jeff Hardy was the longest. <laughs> that was what, maybe 45 minutes? Yeah, 45 minutes to an hour. But, I mean, that was the only part. Like, everything was really well done. Um, the, everything was done efficiently, in my opinion. There wasn't a lot of standing in lines. There wasn't a lot of confusion of, well, you know, where do we go? What do we do? Um, but there was one aisle you went down, and at the end of one aisle, somebody decided it'd be a good idea to have Road Warrior Animal, the Four Horsemen, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, Billy Gunn, and the Hardy Boys, all at the end of one aisle. So you had a line that was like eight people wide and 60 people long and everybody's going is this is this the hardy boy line no this is four horsemen oh is this the road where animal line no this is the hardy boy line and it was mass confusion for a while they finally kind of sorted it out and then things got to moving but it was was, that was probably the worst organized thing of the whole thing but that's not wrestle k that's the vendors who brought in those guys you have one vendor that brought in that many people well obviously if that vendor is going to wrangle all those people they've got to have them in the same area so it's kind of a necessary evil yeah. it wasn't a huge deal but that was like the only frustrating thing of oh my god we're going to be in this line forever yeah and sometimes i mean we've been to enough that we're we're used to the fact that uh, you know you're going to have people that get in front of you or you have people that are in in line that have several things they won't sign it could be for the reason they're like us they, they're collectors, they're a fan of it, but then you have people that clearly, it's going on eBay. Oh, yeah. And you have to wait for them to sign it, they take a picture of them signing it, then the next thing, and the next thing, and the next thing, and it's like 10, 15 minutes long for each person. It's not a, hey, how you doing, picture, sign, done, picture, sign, done. You know? That's so frustrating when these guys roll up with a crate full of shit. They barely even speak to the, you know, they barely even speak to the wrestlers. Like, I need you to sign this and this color pen and said needed to say this. I do have to say, though, I mean, the thing that Booker T went off for, I kind of felt bad for the guy. The guy he went off on is the guy, and I don't know, we've been to enough fan fest, we know who he is. He has this gigantic poster that he has of every single person that has wrestled in WWF, WWE, I mean, managers, New Japan type-wise. I mean, he's got pictures, hand-drawn pictures of everybody. And he has the signatures of the people by him. So he goes to these fan fests, and he gets as many people to sign it as he can. He has a master copy of it, and he basically, he, he sold prints of it before he had people sign it. Now he has this master copy. He goes around and gets autographs on it. So... He goes up there, and this thing's huge. I mean, it's as as wide as the car here. And he has to pull it out of, like, a frame, you know, protective sleeve or whatever for it. They sign it. He has to stick it back in there. Well, it takes him a minute to stick it back in there. And, of course, people are waiting and stuff. And I think Booker T was getting a little antsy at him because it was taking him longer than usual to put it back in the sleeve. Yeah. And so there come the comment. (laughs) 
yeah, people wait in line. Shit. <laughs> the exact quote was, man, fuck that. We ain't got time for all this shit. We got a line. Um, but I don't know if it was so much directed just to that guy or the fact Stevie Ray was standing there asking him who some of the people were, yeah. which was why it was taking him a long time to get it back to sleep because he was shut. He, once Stevie Ray showed an interest, he starts going, this is this guy and this is this guy. And I seen Booker T roll his eyes. Well, by the time the guy tells Stevie Ray who about the 10th person was, then Booker loses it and is like, man, fuck that. We ain't got time for this shit. We got a line. And me and Rosie are standing there, and we both start laughing. And I'm like, tell him, Book. And so then Book's like, hey, I guess he realized how he come off with any kind of smile. He's like, well, I guess that did sound kind of funny. But, but shit, man, we ain't got time for all this, you know. So, yeah, Booker T got kind of real there for a minute and went back to, <laughs> went back to old school Booker. But it was cool. They were super nice to us. And, I mean, other than that one little... Uh, snap. Whether it was directed at Stevie Ray or whether it was directed at the guy. Yeah, and, I, um, and I'm, I'm sure that guy could see his face. I mean, he kind of, you know, he kind of had that look on him, like, "Well, man, fuck y'all," you know. But I mean, I'm sure that guy, you know, came away still just as happy as oh, anything. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, I know that can damper some people, you know, when they go yeah. and they they do reach that kind of attitude with them. It's kind of like, oh, well, you know, why did I waste my money and my time getting you to sign something, you know? But like that dude, he's a hardcore collector, and obviously he wants everybody to sign it, so he's gonna he's gonna endure stuff like that. Right, and and Booker was just saying what most of the people in line behind us were probably thinking as well. So you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it it was cool. Like they they were really they were really nice, and uh, they were cool to me. And uh, Jeff Hardy was super nice. I haven't always been the biggest Jeff Hardy fan. I mean, I've always enjoyed his work and the the things the Hardy Boys did and back in the day and, and how they've innovated tag team wrestling. But, um, yeah, at times I wasn't the biggest fan of the things they've done personally in the last several years. But I got to say, when we met Matt, uh, he was super nice and and kind of kind of won me back over. And, and same could be said for Jeff. And watching, watching Jeff and Matt both interacting with some of the kids in line and everything, I don't know, just it's – that's one of the interesting things about the Fan Fest. Like, you can leave – with a whole new level of respect for people that you looked up to, or you can leave there with no respect for people that you looked up to. And there's all these horror stories that go around after these things of people who went there excited to meet somebody, kind of like you were just mentioning, went there excited to meet somebody and left there hating their guts and will post on Facebook and tell anybody who ever mentions their name what a scumbag they are. Um we've never really experienced that like the closest thing we've come to experiencing anything negative was just like when aj styles acted like he was hating life when we met him in nashville at a ring of honor show but as far as the fan fest go most everybody's been super cool and like we've even been lucky like people who are oh yeah notorious for for people having bad experience like i can't hardly find one person who says they had a good experience meeting vader uh, Vader was so super cool to us. He was, I mean, like, they were having issues with the helmet, and they were trying to get it together, and he's steadily apologizing. He's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry y'all are having to wait. And then, in turn, he took, like, a couple of extra pictures with us. And, I mean, he couldn't have been any nicer. Like, my experience with Vader was great. And so, when everybody trashes him, I'm always like, well, he was cool to us, so I'm not going to hate him for anything he did to anybody else. I yeah, mean, and, like, when we met the other ECW people, like Tommy Dreamer and Sandman, super cool. Yeah. I mean, super cool. But there were several people hating on him, you know, talking about how how dickish they were and stuff. But they, they were super cool. But I think what you got to bear in mind, a lot of times, 
It's the way some of these people approach these guys. They come at it with their snarky, smart mark, know-it-all bullshit. You know, they walk up and want to call them by their real name or mention some ex-girlfriend or bring up some some bullshit that they know is a sore subject and then get mad. How about they... how about the, the situation we encountered when we checked into the hotel and Shelton Benjamin was in front of us? And the, the smart mark come up to him and was like, hey, you're so-and-so, you wrestled this match. And Shelton Benjamin looks at him and goes, uh, no, dude, wrong black dude. <laughs> yeah, and that guy just walks away with his head hung in shame. Like, yeah, wrong black guy. Like, oh. Oh. This guy's just creeps away. Like, it was, you could tell like he'd been punched in the stomach. Yeah, and, know, uh, know your people before you do that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But... I mean, those, that's that's part of the fun. You get to see shit like that happen and, you know, laugh it off and realize that uh, he probably he probably deals with that two or three times a day. Somebody comes up to him and I'm sure. wants to reminisce about <laughs> something that doesn't involve him. I don't know. I love the people that come to fan fests that they have no clue, no clue who any of these people are. They'll go, and like I'll hear them in line going, is that baby doll? Is that, ba- is that baby doll? I don't know if that's baby doll. And I have to turn to him and go, yes, that's baby doll. And they're like, are you sure? I'm looking at them like, yes, I've watched wrestling since I was five. Yeah, I'm pretty damn sure that's baby yeah. doll. You know? And then the one lady I was in line with for the Hardys, she, she had no clue about wrestling. She was the mother of the kids that were there. Super cool lady. I mean, it was funny, though. She she turns to the one of the kids and says, are these the Hardy boys that solve mysteries? <laughs> and I... I I proceed to giggle because that's pretty funny. I mean, I'm old enough to know who the hardy, the hardy boy adventures we had to read in school. And uh, that's what she was referring to, the mystery, you know, almost like Scooby-Doo-esque people that would go out and solve mysteries and, and, and stuff like that in the books. And so the kids look at her and go, no, Mom, that's so uncool. And, and she's like, well, I'm going to ask them. Are they the ones that solve the mysteries? And so when she gets up there, she asks, uh, I think, Matt Hardy that. And he puts on the picture, he puts, yes, we solved the mysteries. Yeah, and she was so excited. She come back and told the kids, see, they do solve they mysteries. solve mysteries. Yeah, I mean, that's another, you know. And then the funny thing, you know, was is, and and Rosie's big on this is like if 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 guys have like some kind of hands hand gesture they do or, or hand sign or something like that, um, we'll do it in the picture. And so we had just been discussing a few minutes earlier. She's like, "All right, well, it looks like Jeff Hardy's doing, and I'm making a hand sign. Like you can fucking see this as I'm talking on the, the audio podcast. But uh, there's a little, the little hand sign you've all seen the Hardy Boys do. And uh, and Rosie's like, "Okay, so he's doing this one, and she does it, and then I go, "Okay, cool." And then a few minutes later, when the same lady that she was talking about, when they get up there, she goes, oh, have you guys got to do some stupid crap with your hands when you get up there? And it's like within earshot of both of them. <laughs> I saw that was pretty funny, too, because Rosie was like, oh, it's going to be cool if we do the same hand gesture. And she's like, we got to do some stupid crap with our hands. Hey, and, and, and not that you're, you're telling our secrets. We do not plan out hand gestures before we do them. Some cases we do, as in the Hardys, because you didn't know which one, which one done. No, and I'm not saying we always do that. We've kind of to tell you which one does what. Like when we met Matt in Charlotte, I did Matt's hand gesture, and Matt was like, "Good hand gesture." <laughs> yeah, and I just had my thumb up my ass. So I didn't know. No. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, I I mean, I I watched them quite a bit. I was you know somewhat of a fan of them, so I know the the different hand gestures they do. You know, and like even when we met, um, who was the other one I did? Um, Shane Douglas. Shane Douglas says you did Shane his Douglas's. and I didn't. 
And um, he was like, awesome. <laughs> yeah, you, you get over with these guys doing their hand, their hand signs, that's yeah. for sure. So before we move on to the... Um, the wrestling event portion of it. Um, we got to see our buddy Big Donnie while we were there. Got to we did. I, I get my I get my annual selfie with my, my favorite buddy Big Donnie, um, star five dollar champion Big Donnie. That's right. Um, yeah, we're we're like this with the Burke County boys. Yeah, so when we traveled right through Burke County to get to uh, WrestleCade, so we now can say we have. Pass through Burke County, the home of the Burke County boys, and as I suggested on the way there, and I, and I told Donnie, uh, they really do need to get a sign on their on their welcome sign that says "Welcome to Burke County, home of the Burke County boys," and he agreed. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, before, like I say, before we move on to the wrestling show portion, is there any uh, anybody else uh, who who stood out that we met during the day? Is either uh, good or bad, or just somebody you were excited to meet? I know you were very excited uh, back from when they first announced him about meeting the Godfather. And I mean, I mentioned him in passing earlier. Pimps up, hose down, woo woo. Yeah, I, I so loved the Godfather. That was I was great about that. And that was cool. It was like again, and, and I don't, and I'm not saying this to be derogatory because he was super nice. But like, okay, so the Godfather's there, and he's got his vest and his glasses and his hat. He's got Godfather pictures, and he even had a Papa Shango picture if you if you go that way, and um, and that was cool. But then like you go over to Hardcore Holly, Bob Holly's table has no pictures. He has no pictures. No pictures. And Looks like some dude with a ball cap on that could have walked off the street. So I'm sure when we post our picture we took with him, we're gonna have to put this is Bob. Holly. Yeah, because he's wearing like an affliction shirt and a cap pulled down, yeah. where you can barely see his face. Because at like first glance, the tattoos what I told us he's got a tattoo now. Because I glanced over and I'm like, hey, there's Mr. Anderson. Because with the hat pulled down like Mr. Anderson does, they could go either way. It could be Bob Holly. Yeah, it could be it Mr. Mr. Anderson. Anderson. Yeah. But I saw the arm tattoo that Holly has now. I'm like, oh no, it's Bob Holly. So then we walk over there. I'm like, all right, well, we're gonna get a picture signed. We'll get a picture with him. And then it's like, there's no pictures. Yeah. And, and we're like, you, do you have pictures? No, I don't have pictures. I didn't bring any. How do you not bring well, any to a fan fest? Yeah. Like. Dude's got a book. He probably could have sold double books. Double your money, people. I mean, shit. I mean, I'll pay ten times more money if you got your gimmick on and your gimmicky stuff, your pictures especially. Yeah. I mean, well, like, okay, for instance, when we went up to take a picture of Joel, um, he had his stuff on, but he didn't have any pictures on the table. He'd left them in the room, I think, right? Yeah. So he told me, he said, I'll have the pictures later. I came back and bought another picture from him. You yep. know? I mean, we got our picture with him for $10, and I paid $10 and got a picture signed by him. Yeah, I mean... And, and Which ultimately would made him 20 you know, yeah. would have just made him 10 Exactly. Now, now, here's somebody I want to talk about real quick before before we move on. Um, as a kid, and most of us who are, who are wrestling fans, I'm sure, uh, they're, not, they're not so prominent now. Like, most people get all the wrestling news from the internet. And so wrestling magazines have almost all but died out. But when I was a kid, I, I bought every wrestling magazine in the rag. I got Pro Wrestling Illustrated, Inside Wrestling, The Wrestler, and uh, they were all known as the Aptor Mags because Bill Aptor was the um, the he, he didn't own the company that made the magazines, but he was the uh, chief editor. I think they referred to him as, and he wrote most of the stories and and you know was over the magazine so huge part of my childhood was spent collecting and reading 
uh, the quote unquote after mags. And I've got a huge collection of them, as Rosie can attest. I've got like two or three plastic totes full of them in the in the garage, and that's after selling tons of them at shows. Um, but I, I had my 100th issue of Pro Wrestling Illustrated that I've kept for years and years and years. I still remember the day I bought it, or I should say my mother bought it for me, uh, at the Books a Million in Columbus, Mississippi, at the Lima. And uh, I found out Bill After was going to be there, which I've had, the, I've had the opportunity to meet Bill After once before in Atlanta. But I brought the magazine and, and went to the table, and he seemed genuinely uh, amused or, or excited to see this old magazine in such good shape. And uh, he signed it for me, and just just a really really nice guy that seems like uh, he he really enjoyed meeting people who who have read his stuff. And I bought his book that came out because I, I feel like it'll be a very interesting book because Bill After has played a very key role in a lot of guys' careers over the year years. I mean, he's uh, responsible for Andy Kaufman coming to Memphis and that whole angle with Jerry Lawler and um, getting. Hulk Hogan in the Rocky movie. He, he did, you know, a lot of stuff. So I think it'll be an interesting book. But I was just really impressed with what a genuinely nice guy he was. And, you know, he had his guy come over and take a picture of us holding up the magazine and says he's going to put it on his Twitter or something. But I don't know. Like, that was another one of those cases where, um, you know, he could have been a he could have been a dick. Like, yeah, whatever. You're another guy that reads magazines. But uh, he was really nice to both of us. Yeah, he was. Super nice. And um, I guess that pretty much covers uh, the fan fest portion of it. I think I mentioned probably most everybody that we met. I'm sure there's somebody I missed in there that that we met. Um, Rosie, who gets excited meeting indie guys, more so a lot of times in the big names, uh, got a picture with Zane Riley, and so she was happy about that. And some, I'm sure a majority of the people listening to this right now don't know who Zane Riley is. No, they don't. I'm sure they don't. But if you don't, uh, look him up on YouTube. Him and Caleb Conley have some entertaining uh, a web series on YouTube. Uh, what is it? Caleb and Zane put over the world? Yes, Caleb and Zane put over the world. It is funny. It is great. Yeah, they, they have some hilarious adventures on there. And I heard there's even, uh, they're working on a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to see I don't know that it'll be in theaters, but it'll probably be another YouTube video. That'll, that'll be great. And so... She got a chance to meet him. She got a chance to put his big sweaty Russian hat on, so that was fun. Yes. <laughs> and, um, oh, God. Okay, here's one I forgot. So we did meet Mr. Anderson. He was super cool. Uh, we met ODB. Oh, yeah. And probably had our most fun picture that we yeah, got we, to take with we ODB. Did. We did. Uh, ODB's picture was uh, very, very fun. And I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think many people probably had the pose that we had with her. I don't know why, because everybody should pose like that with her. She seemed genuinely amused by it. She got a laugh out of it. And so, uh, for those of you listening who are my friend on Facebook, check it out. It's going to be on my Facebook probably by the time this is up. If not, it will be shortly. And uh, if you're not my friend on Facebook, like always, King of All Wrestling Media, you can add me, and I'll probably add you unless you look suspicious or, um, you know, I feel like you're one of these... uh, chicks that look like a supermodel with one picture and just added 25 of my friends that day and i know it's bullshit i won't add you then but uh usually people that listen to my podcast isn't a chick that looks like a supermodel so it's probably not going to be no i don't think you'll have any problems with that okay so 
All right, so I think that is that. Is there any other comments from the fan fest portion? Any, any other thoughts you want to share about that before we move on? Um, just that anybody that's never been to one, um, it seems like a lot of money that you're spending. You know, hotel and travel cost and tickets and having to pay to meet these people and everything. But really, I mean, it's it's no different than taking a vacation. And the things you come back with are ten times worth more than than any experience you get at just a typical wrestling show. So I would suggest anybody that hasn't been to one, especially if you don't want to go to one that's like a whole week-long event-type thing, WrestleCade is is a very, very good one. It's very, for the price, for the travel, for the convenience of where it's at, the hotel that we stayed at was right next door to it. Um, Everything about it was a lot easier, nicer, and cheaper experience than what we had experienced prior to going to FanFests. That's true. That's true. And um, <clears throat> like I say, well organized and uh, best for the money. I think um, I've never been to WrestleCon, but you've got all these people that are in town for WrestleMania weekend, so it's just flooded with people. And judging by the prices that I've seen, looking online, uh, the WrestleCade prices are a lot cheaper than WrestleCon and some of the other ones out there. So give it give it a try next year because they're going. They've already announced tickets are going to go on sale. For WrestleCade 2016 in January, so uh, go to their website, go to their Twitter, check them out, and uh, tell them the Jackson sent you. They won't know who the hell we are, but it'll be nice to, to mention us, right? So just like just like every other WrestleFest. Now here's here's one thing um, that I, I failed to mention because we didn't take part in it, but during during the Fan Fest portion of WrestleCade. In the same room as all the wrestlers are in there signing autographs and meeting fans, there's a wrestling ring in a corner, and there's matches happening throughout the day. There's all sorts of indie matches going on, and which were good matches from the, the I mean, points that I could on. watch. Um, we didn't have a lot of time to stay and watch, but I mean, for somebody, you know, if you're not meeting a lot of people, maybe you just came for two particular people. The matches are good. I mean, the matches. Oh yeah, there were some great. Uh, you know, our friend Eric Wayne wrestled. I, I would have liked to have seen his match, but we were in line for Jeff Hardy when I heard his name announced. Uh, King Shane Williams, uh, somebody we've done shows with, and, and Memphis Monroe got to wrestle one time. He was there wrestling, and uh, <clears throat> Jason Kincaid, who I've seen a lot of his matches on YouTube and heard nothing but good things about. He wrestled, and I, I wish I could have seen his match as well. Um, and we'll get to the match that he was in on the actual main show in a minute. But uh, a lot of good matches going on, but just with everything going on, we didn't get a chance to check them out. But, you know, that's that's another factor. You, you get to see some of the top indie talent, because there was guys from all over. Like I say, Eric traveled from Tennessee all the way up here, <clears throat> and I'm losing my voice for some reason, to uh, to take part in it. So that's, that's another... Uh, Another thing that happened, and maybe uh, maybe the Hensley report from our friend Scott Hensley, who we've seen, will shed a little more light on that. Which I think he was in line like we were, but he'll probably he'll come up with some results from somebody. So check that out with him. He can he can tell you more about who was there and and who who wrestled who. So then that night we you know you have the WrestleCade show, and uh, that show. There was a big crowd. I mean, I think the number I was told was there was like three thousand tickets sold to this thing. Yeah, I had and uh, <clears throat> was there nearly. I mean, 
mean, I didn't see any empty seats hardly. No, just the two next to me. Um, yeah. And there were a couple of you know, spread out here and there. But most of all, it looked like everybody was there. Of course, we had the sweet VIP passes, which get us a up front stage table. Yeah, we were sitting at a table, so that was nice. Yeah. I enjoyed that. You always spring for the extra VIP uh, seating because it is much nicer. Much nicer. Yes, and you get in earlier to meet everybody. You're not standing out there in line for an extra hour and, and getting the scraps that are left once everybody has, has already ran through. So, uh, to open... They had uh, the AML champion, uh, who may have the ugliest belt I've, I've ever seen, um, at least the biggest, if nothing else. The Greek god Papadon, who people tend to call Papa John, which is funny and awesome. But uh, no, we've seen him now at this point now. We've seen him several times. He's been on all the Greg Price's shows that we've been to. Well, not all of them. He was in Atlanta, but he was in the two Charlotte ones we went to. And uh, he's a pretty good wrestler. He's, you know, he's, I don't know, I mean, he gets he gets over with the crowd as far as getting heat and everything. And, I mean, I don't know that you'll see him on NXT next, you know, couple of weeks. But he's, he, he, he takes his gimmick seriously and, and he takes care of himself. He's in pretty good shape. So, yeah, he may, he may get somewhere one of these days. And he wrestled a guy called the Mysterious Q. Um... Mysterious Q in all the advertising and even the promo video had a mask, and I didn't know if perhaps under that mask the Mysterious Q was was our friend Quentin, aka Poker Face. Uh, but it turns out it wasn't because Mysterious Q mysteriously did not have a mask when he came out. He had a mohawk, uh, but he didn't have a mask. But he still called himself Mysterious Q, and uh, they had a pretty good match. They went to a time limit draw, so. Uh, they both had belts. Like I say, uh, Papa Don had the AML belt. I didn't catch what they said Q's belt was, but it was. It looked like the classic Ric Flair gold belt. And several fans were nice enough to point that out to him during the match. And um, it is worth noting, uh, there was alcohol sold at this event. Oh, yes. So yes. fan participation grew throughout, and the comments got a little harsher. Uh, throughout the night, and we'll share a few of the, the better ones that we heard, or slash worse ones. Um, so we had that that pre-show match. Then we had another pre-show match. Uh, the NWA World Tag Team Champions slash AML World Tag Team Champions slash winners of the Cornette Cup, introduced by Jim Cornette. A tag team called the Heat Seekers, which I'm not really familiar with. I don't know if that says more about me or them, I don't know, but I don't, I don't really, I don't really know who they are. The one guy kind of looked like Dean Malenko, <clears throat> but they wrestled the American Wolves. I'm sorry, the Wolves, Davy Richards and Eddie Edwards, the TNA Tag Team Champions. And uh, the reason it was a pre-show match is because you can't show the Wolves on DVD because they work for TNA. So, uh, what were your thoughts on that match? I thought it was pretty good. It was. It was a good match. Yeah, it was a really good match. Um, the Heat Seekers went over. Obviously, they pinned Eddie Edwards because people who know David Richards knows David Richards isn't going under. So, uh, Eddie Edwards, I hadn't seen in a while. He was sporting a uh, Ed Grimley hairdo. For those who don't know who that is, Google Martin Short, Ed Grimley, and it's an old character from SCTV. And I'm telling you, he had his hair stuck in the front exactly like Ed Grimley. I posted that on Facebook. The only comment I posted the entire night 
about the show was the fact that Eddie Edwards looked like Ed Grimley. And uh, congrats to Mark Bowman for knowing who Ed Grimley was. He responded back with Ed Ed Grimley's catchphrases. Uh, He must have been mental, I must say, which was a perfect response to an Ed Grimley post. So kudos to Mark Bowman for that if he's listening. Shame on him if he's not. So that was the the pre-show match. Now, people have gotten a few beers in them. They've gotten a few shots of whiskey and whatever else they were selling. And uh, they announced that we're going to have a local third-grade teacher come sing the National Anthem. I don't know what relevance was that she was a third-grade teacher, but that's just what they said before she came through the curtain. And uh, so this uh, third-grade teacher turns out to be a blonde chick in her 20s with kind of a tight dress on who did not know how to properly enter a wrestling ring. So she goes in legs first <laughs> towards the crowd, and uh, which prompts someone to yell out, um, she could hold me back anytime. And sadly, we were at the table with this guy and he wasn't even drinking. So that was just his comment in general. I, I just have a feeling he wasn't a very classy individual as it was. So. No, no, he didn't strike me as a classy individual. And then there were several hoops and hollers and whistles and catcalls throughout her rendition of the national anthem. So we knew what we were in for at this point. <laughs> and so now the official show starts. Now, after that, my mind's fuzzy, and I wasn't drinking, I swear, but what was what was the first actual match on the show? It, was it Shelton Benjamin and Mr. Anderson? I think it was Shelton Benjamin and Mr. Anderson. Yeah. I, I, think, I it think it was. was. So, uh, for those of you who remember Umaga from WWE, he had a manager from Cuba who was Armando Alejandro Estrada, who had his very unique way of, of introducing himself. So Armando Alejandro Estrada comes out to the ring, cuts promo, does his thing. And you'll have to forgive us, we're traveling down the road and the GPS will interrupt from time to time, incessantly. But anyway, Armando comes out and he introduces Mr. Anderson, who got a good response. And they do a little bit of comedy stuff there with the microphone and a little back and forth. And then after everybody pops for Anderson a couple times, then he starts ripping on the women in the crowd and uh, Winston-Salem in general and lets us know that he's definitely going to be the heel for the night. And then Shelton Benjamin comes out, and they had a good match. And Kennedy Anderson, whatever you want to call him, Mr. Anderson announces before the match that this is now inexplicably a two out of three falls match. So about a minute in, Shelton Benjamin gets a pinfall on Mr. Anderson. Uh, then the second fall, thanks to some, I don't know how this is going to sound with all this GPS interruption, but hopefully it's not bad. But, uh, anyway, so then with some help from, uh, Armando, Mr. Anderson takes the second fall. Uh, eventually Shelton Benjamin gets the best of him after some botched interference by Armando and Shelton Benjamin gets the win, much to the delight of the fans at WrestleCade. And that was our first match. Now, this things really start to get... Second match, was that the women's six? The women's six tag. Yeah, okay, I think so, it was. Yeah, so you've got the heel team of Jessica Havoc, who if you don't know her, she's a chick, a large... Uh, uh, what's the proper way to say that? Without uh, uh, Lady Abyss. Yeah. Lady Yeah. She's got a, a uh, spiked mask she wears on her face and 
on to the ring. She takes it off when she gets there. She's got purple hair. She's got half her head shaved, kind of like Luna Vachon back in the day. But uh, she's a big girl. She's she's a big one. And then she had as a partner uh, Barbie Hayden, who I didn't recognize because she now has gray hair. Because I guess that's a thing now that women. According to Vogue, yes. Yeah, so now women are dyeing their hair gray, so she had that going on. And then, of course, their partner was the Bullet Babe Amber Gallows slash O'Neal. So that was an interesting-looking team as far as people who all three don't go together. So they were out first, and then the babyface team was ODB, who was drinking from her flask and got a great reaction from the crowd. Uh, Tessa Blanchard, who's always over with the FanFest crowds because she's Tully's daughter. And then uh, Taylor Hendricks, who accompanies Jay Lethal to the ring when when Truth Martini's not available on ROH shows, um, who, in my opinion, I thought looked like she should have been on the heel team and Amber Gallows probably should have been on the babyface team. Yeah, that's a a good one. That's that's neither here nor there. But she had a lot of ass showing in the back of her outfit. Yeah, she did. Uh, it's one of those times where I'd say, why do they even bother wearing clothes? But, you know. It's... And I'm, I'm sure there would have been some there that would have agreed with you. Oh, yes. That was yelled out, I think. Um, yeah, so this is where the alcohol is kicking in. And uh, at one point, I don't remember which one, but one of them's bent over waiting to do a spot. They were like on a run and dive on somebody or something, but they were... They were bent over for an unusually long time, which prompted the drunk guy to scream out, Look at that ass! Loudly. Um, And then another drunk guy said some things I won't even repeat on the podcast. Terrible life. That's just, wow. Yeah. 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 Kids. uh, There's old people. I mean, yeah, you just don't say stuff like what this dude said. Look at at that ass is one thing when kids are around, but this guy went into detail detail of things he would do to a certain part of her anatomy that was just uh, totally unnecessary. And uh, we don't don't speak that way. We may drop the occasional F-bomb on Locals to Legends Wrestling Radio, but we don't. We don't talk oh, about things of that nature. You never told me I couldn't do that, so. Yeah, well, that's okay. We can do that. Just don't. I, I know. People are going to judge Miss Jackson and say, oh, what a classy lady. She drops the F-bomb. Well, I'm sorry. I cuss, yes. So. Well, it, it. I also read Vogue and Glamour and like wrestling. So, you know, I'm a walking contradiction. So, there you go. There you go. But then you also like nerdy Star Wars type stuff and you read actual literature. Yes, and I like comic books. So, you're so. quite the conundrum. Yes, so anyway, uh, pretty good match as women's matches go. It's no secret that Miss Rose Jackson is not a fan of women's wrestling at all, ever. Ever. Um, ever. She, she's not on board the Big Divas Revolution. Uh, she's not all about the NXT women, you know, that everybody's so fanatical over these days. Um, she did watch a season of Total Divas that made the Bellas suddenly tolerable to her. When they used to not be, but she became a bit of a fan of at least Nikki Bella for for whatever reason. I like her and, fashion. Uh, I, I like her fashion. That's that's it. I like her expensive shoes and dresses and whatnot she wears because you know I I do read Vogue and Glamour, so I do know the uh, the couture lines and you know the Louis Vuittons and the Christian Louboutins and different things like that. And, you know, and that I don't know. See somebody that you know. If you're going to be a diva and you're going to be part of the WWE and you're going to make that money, you got to look that money. That's what I always say. So. 
Yeah, well, let's go with that. I like her fashion as well. That's that's what I enjoy about her matches, is her fashion. But anyway, um, so that match happened, and uh, heat on uh, Tessa for the most part, and uh, she gets the hot tag to ODB. Everybody goes crazy. ODB comes in, cleans house, squares off with the big girl. Um, Jessica Havoc, you know, I. I said this sitting there watching the match with Rosie, Jessica Havoc has an impressive look for a female wrestler as far as her size, shaved head, purple hair, spiked face, like, she's very imposing when she comes to the ring, but once she gets in the ring, uh, everything's really light, it's not very strong looking, and uh, so that's something she'll have to work on at some point, but all in all, it's a good match, ODB spits the... Um, liquor into the face of I believe it was Amber Gallows and they get the victory. So the women the babyface women's team won. Everybody went home happy on that one. And then that brings us to uh the cage match, I believe. <clears throat> right in the middle of the card they have an intermission. Well no they didn't have an intermission. They just George South and his crew of trainees threw a cage up quicker than I've ever seen a cage go up in my life. It's quite impressive. Under five minutes they had cage up. <clears throat> and you had Gunner versus Luke Hawks in a cage based off of something that happened in a six-man tag last year at WrestleCade. Now, this may not be very popular to say, but I'm going to say it. Me and Rosie, not a fan of Gunner. No, we're not. No. Gunner can be from here to that street post, and I would not walk over there to see him. And, you know, a lot of people like him, and that's great. I don't you know, I don't fight anybody about it. It's not a, it's not a topic that I'll argue with you about. It's just, just I don't know. I just don't like it. I don't know. It's just various things we've encountered during yeah. our times at fan fests and different situations where we've seen a little bit different of an arrogant side to him. And I just don't care for him. It's not that I distest him or don't. I don't know. It's not, not like I hate him. I'm not talented in the ring. He, he's, I'm indifferent to yeah. him at this point because I've witness different things and luke hawks is kind of an arrogant guy as well um you know so i don't know this wasn't a match we were excited about and judging by fan reaction uh they they popped at the intro they popped at the end but during the match um nobody i don't know it just didn't get you know nobody was really that into it but you know scott hensley posted it was the match of the weekend so that just goes to show that everybody has differing opinions wrestling is um, sub- subjective and what you love may not be what I love and what I love may not be what you love and you can't say who's wrong or right because who's to say yeah. so that was that but anyway uh, as to be expected Gunner went over in the cage match because that's what Gunner does <laughs> anyway I'm not even anyway, I won't even go into that whole thing whole about whole you know Anyway, so so anyway, Gunner won the cage match. So now we have an intermission to take down the cage, uh, and then at that point, the owner of Russell Cage come in and presented the check to um, Toys for Tots. Toys for Tots. They, which is cool. They 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 take uh, a portion of the profits every year and and donate it to Toys for Tots to get children. Uh, toys and, and things they need for Christmas, so which that's really cool, and I do commend them for that. And um, <clears throat> so they had that presentation, and then that rolled into 
<laughs> probably Rosie's least favorite part of the show. The George South Invitational Battle Royal, which started last year. Um, last year was the first one they ever did. A guy named Zane Dawson won last year's Battle Royal, who looks somewhat similar to Zane Riley. At one point, I didn't know they were two different people. I thought Zane just used a different last name on some shows, but it turns out they're not the same guy. But anyway, so this year, uh, George South, as he's in the ring, in the, in the stuff that he was dressed in to put up the ring and put up the cage, uh, much like IWA Deep South's Cornbread, who will wrestle and then be out there setting up shit afterwards. Um, George South came out, took the cage down, then immediately come back out in his Zubaz tennis shoes and WrestleCade t-shirt and announced he was going to take part in his own battle royal. Now, there's no way in hell I'm going to remember all the people who was in this battle royal. Because, A, I didn't know a lot of them because a lot of them were like local Carolina indie guys. No disrespect. I'm not from the Carolinas, so I don't I don't know who they are. Uh, but there was a tag team that looked like a pair of Tyler Breezes with darker hair. Uh, they were in there. Um, <clears throat> then you had Superstar Bill Dundee, Handsome Jimmy Valiant, Shane Douglas, The Blue Meanie. Um, God, I'm gonna, I am know I'm going to forget a whole lot of Greg people. Greg Valentine, Greg Randy Valentine. Barber Beefcake, the Mulkies. Uh, yes, in 2015, the Mulkey Brothers walked to the brothers. ring to take part in a match. Cole Cabana. Which are both in extremely bad shape, might I add. Yes, yes, that, that is true. Um, EC3. Uh, Gender Mahal from WWE recently, one of the, the 3MB, if, if you were a fan of the 3MB, or even if you weren't, that's what he was in. Um, oh, gosh. Sam Houston. There's a blast from the past, right? He had his sweet-ass cowboy boots on. They look brand new, so he must have got a new pair. Uh, Colonel Robert Parker. Glacier. Ernest the Cat Miller. Was in the. I was pretty excited about that. I just call it the potpourri free for all because it's just like they just got everybody that was at WrestleCade said, "Hey, everybody, get in the ring," because you had eighty-year-olds, twenty-year-olds, fifty-year-olds, and people that just didn't need to be in there. In there. Yes, there was a wide variety of people in there, and as I explained to to Rosie, it you know it's it's just a chance for you know in that environment, the fan fest environment, for you to. See these guys go get in the ring one more time, you know, dressed out in their stuff, and and then get pulled under the bottom rope two minutes after the bell rings. Um, because there were people who come down that aisle. I have to say I debated on who the winner was because as each guy came down the aisle that I went, there's no way in hell they're going over the top rope. So they must be going to win because that's how I picked the gimmick battle roll at WrestleMania, whatever that was, 18, 19, 20, whatever was uh, you knew the Iron Sheik had the wings. There's no way in hell they were getting him over the top rope. And sure enough, the Iron Sheik won. But there were at least, out of these 30 people or more that was in this battle royal, there were at least a dozen that you knew weren't going over the top rope. So what they did is they, well, first of all, before the bell rang, one of the mulkies, the big, the bulkier mulky, so to speak, the bulky mulky, because there's one that's, that's like my size and the other one's a little smaller. So the bulky mulky rolls out, rolls and has a little trouble getting between, but he gets under the bottom rope and he just, he jets before this thing even starts. He just like, like announces yeah. his name and they're like, okay, everybody saw me. He rolls out and he's gone. 
And I kind of thought that might happen because one had boots and knee pads on, the other one just had tennis shoes. So he didn't look like he was really prepared to be going over any top ropes. So he rolled out, he jetted out. Uh, handsome Jimmy Valiant fought up the aisle with Kerner Parker, who was still in his suit. They never made it into the ring. Uh, they announced Buckhouse Buck, but I never saw him. I never even saw him come down the aisle. I don't know. Came down the aisle. I don't think he got in the ring. And he, he may have followed Fuller, and, and, he, and he just—I think they—they they fought outside of the ring, <coughs> and then just walked off. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know where they were. But anyway, to hit fast forward on this, we come down. At one point, it's uh, EC3, Gender Mahal, George South, and the Blue Meanie. Oh, well, go back to the part where we thought the one monkey was going to have a heart attack. Oh, yeah, I can't skim over that. Yeah. So, at one point, we're about a minute and a half into this thing, and one of the, and the smaller monkey that stayed had threw about four punches and was trying to choke Bobby Fulton, and then he, he goes to his knees, he's clutching his chest, and Rosie's like, oh, my God, I think that monkey's having a heart attack. And I kind of like, ha, ha, ha. And she's like, no, look at him. I think he's having a fucking heart attack. And, he, and it looked like he was. So he crawls to the corner. And so then Brutus is like, just puts his hand on the back of his neck to make it look like he's choking him on the ropes. But he's not. He's just more or less patting him on the back. And then the monkey is waving his arms towards the crowd, like waving him into the ring. So I thought he was like, help, help, help. And he probably was. But nobody's helping, and Brutus is just, you know, acting like he's choking him. And, like, Shane Douglas is acting like he's choking Brutus, and they're like, you can tell they're talking about, you know, hey, did you try Mellow Mushroom down the road? And so, and then, cause there was a lot of that. There was a lot of guys just in there like, hey, what's up, dude? I didn't see you here. I didn't know you were even here. And um, so I'm like, okay, let the mulky roll out under the bottom. Because at this point, they had already slid Bill Dundee over the top rope. And I've seen Bill Dundee go over the top rope in fucking Fulton, Mississippi on a Saturday night, so I didn't really know why they slid him under. They slid him under. They slid Greg Valentine under. One, A couple more just rolled out on their own. And so I'm like, all right, roll this poor Mulkey out of the ring because I don't want to be at the show where a Mulkey died. That would be But no, they crazy. pick this poor guy up and throw his ass over the top rope, and he bounces off the apron. He didn't like he hit the apron, and then he got down and walked away. No, he bounces off the apron and lands on the floor. I, uh, then finally, uh, the yeah, two referees was... picked him up and carried him off, and I assume he's still alive. There hasn't been anything on Facebook this morning about, you know, rest in peace, Bill Mulkey or Randy or whichever one he is, but bless his heart. I mean, that was, that was sad. So, yeah, so that happened. And then we get down to the final four, and in EC3 and uh, Mahal, whatever they, they called him, like Raj something or another, but gender, gender Mahal to me, they get Meanie out. After Meanie hits a couple of classic Meanie spots, he does the Dusty Rhodes elbow and, and whatnot. He gets a couple of spots in. And it's them two with George South. And uh, one of George South, and I failed to mention at the beginning because I didn't care. Um, there was a guy that was that got in the ring that I guess has been off injured, and so George South made him get out of the battle royal because he was not medically cleared to be in a battle royal with eighty year old men apparently. And uh, <laughs> which the guy looked like he was like uh, I don't know something to a, a buffed up like Gunner type. Yeah. So it's not like he couldn't done it. You know, Which is the new indie look now. Yeah. They, all the, they all look like Gunner. But so he comes, so as it's EC3, Mahal, and George South and his Zubaz. Yeah. Um, 
in the ring, he comes back out with a sign that I, I couldn't make out, but basically pleading to get back in the ring for George to talk to him about getting back in the battle royal. And uh, so he's looking down at that dude, and then he's looking across the ring at EC3 and Ginger Mayhall, guys that have been on TV in the last year. And then you're talking George South, who hasn't been on TV since 1987. Um, he's kind of looking, you know, looking down at that guy, and he looks at those two, and then some guy in the crowd yells out, Talk to him about Jesus, George! Because for those who don't know, George South's gimmick now is he's. He's all about Jesus, and he's got Bible verses on his tights and all that. And so that struck me. At the at the time that it happened, it struck me as just outrageously funny, and I had tears in my eyes for the rest of the battle royal. So George South, like many of the others, chose to just climb out of the ring. Didn't even go over the top rope. He just kind of went through the ropes and went down the stairs and walked away. And they go, George South's been eliminated. And so then EC3 and Ginger Mayhall battled out, and wouldn't you know it, EC3 won the George South Memorial Battle Royal, or I guess it's not a memorial, he's not like, dead yet. Like, just, like, had him come out and handed him the little trophy, though, because that was, like, what did you really do to win it? I mean... So, so Rosie wasn't real happy with that one. I was what it was. It was terrible. That's, yeah. that's the worst Battle Royal I have ever personally sat through. Now, I've seen some on DVD that were worse than that, but personally, to sit through live one, that was the god awfulest worst Battle Royal I'd ever seen. There you go. So, okay. So, then after that was a match that we thought they had skipped because at the end of intermission, they said they had two more matches, and we knew the battle royal, and we knew the Russell K title match, but someone overlooked the fact that your next match was uh, John Morrison slash Mundo against uh, PJ Black slash uh, Justin Gabriel. And this was, I mean, it was, it was a really good match. There was a lot of athletic stuff that went on. It was more psychology used and, and a little more time killed than, like, if, if them two were on Lucha Underground, it'd be spot, 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 finish. Where here it was spot, spot, walk around, you know, on the outside a little bit, work the crowd, and you go in, spot, spot. And, and so they worked it a little more, which... You know, it was good, but, you know, they had promised the show was going to be over by 8 o'clock. At this point, it's 10 minutes till 9. But they had a good match. Morrison hit his uh, flippy move in the corner. Yeah. And everybody was excited about that. So he won, and then they shook hands afterwards, and and that was that. So that was a good match. And, and so then the main event, I've sat quietly all night as I watched everything. Main event... Jeff Jarrett with his wife Karen versus Matt Hardy for the WrestleCade title. And this is when I finally decided it's time to start cheering. So I cheered Jeff Jarrett oh, like a Daniel Bryan fan at WrestleMania. Yes, he did. It was awesome. Very loudly. <laughs> you never sat around Gene at a wrestling show, which I'm sure most of you haven't because you've been with him at wrestling shows. But as a fan, oh yes, Gene is extremely obnoxious and really loud. That's right. That's what I do but uh, so then Matt Hardy comes out and then Jared cut a really good promo about because um, you know we're there in Winston-Salem North Carolina it's WrestleCade you're celebrating wrestling in the Carolinas and more or less the mid-Atlantic region much like much like the uh, the fan fest that Greg Price puts on so what better way to get you know get heat than to come out there and cut a promo about how uh, 
Mid-Atlantic Wrestling sucks, and the real capital of wrestling is Nashville and Memphis. So that got him heat right off the bat. And, of course, Karen Jarrett just gets heat just by being there. I mean, they hate her. They hate her guts for whatever reason. So she's they're screaming at her, and they're screaming at him, and they, they get the match going. And it was it was a good old-school type match. Like I said, there was a lot of heat. There was a lot of crowd working. But, yeah, there was still enough action to please the, the New Age wrestling fans. So I thought it was a really great match for for where we were at and what, what purpose it was supposed to solve. And um, in the end, um, well, let me, before I get to the end of it, um, you being the non-Jarrett fan that you are, at one point, Karen comes over to kiss Jeff after he's been beat up by Matt Hardy, and some smart-ass fan yells, uh, hey, Jarrett, we don't want to see no lesbian shit. <laughs> That. Which I giggle greatly. That dude made my day. Yeah. So she's seen fit to share that on Facebook for those of you that are friends with Rosie on Facebook. Oh, that was great. And um, so after some interference by EC3 and thank God a guitar shot, we got a new Russell K champion, Jeff Jarrett, and um, that was the end of that was the end of Russell K. So then we went and ate at the Mellow Mushroom for the second night in a row because that was the closest thing to walking distance. It was very good. It was very good, yeah. A lot, a lot of places are in walking distance, but that late at night, Mellow Mushroom is pretty much your go-to for food choice. You have coffee houses, you have bars, which have the variety of bar food, but we hadn't ate all day, yeah. so I wanted real substance. So Mellow Mushroom it was. Now before we before we got to Mellow Mushroom, as we were leaving the building, um, as we were standing at the crosswalk like the good baby faces we are, waiting for the light to change, all of a sudden here goes Mr. Anderson and ODB across the middle of the street as Mr. Anderson shouts out, Jay walking like a motherfucker <laughs> Which got a pop from all the people that was yeah. standing around. Yeah, it was good. I wish I'd have had my phone so I could YouTube that. That was pretty that's pretty awesome. <laughs> so that was fun. <laughs> and then as we were about 20 steps behind him going down the street, and everybody that he passes is shouting out, Mr. Kennedy! He would see fit to turn around and do it back to him, and it just echoed down the down the whole alley there. So that one, that, was, that just struck me as funny, because he seems to be a, a funny guy to be around, and uh, we seen him uh, trying to pick up a chick in the lobby. Uh, after we got back from eating so we went to the mellow mushroom and we seen uh, there was a bunch of the wrestlers there hanging out and being loud and uh we uh we had seen that uh madman pondo was there and we had hoped to get a picture with madman pondo we never ran into him at the fan fest we seen him at the mellow mushroom but we weren't going to be those people yeah, it's going to bother somebody when they're there eating so we, we didn't don't do that. we didn't do that yeah, but uh we uh we see our old buddy uh, David Wills, the crying wrestling fan, on Friday night, and hung around, and talked to him for a while, and uh, it's always always good to catch up with David, and and he's uh he's almost as big a celebrity at these things as the other wrestlers, as as I've seen a lot of them went out of their way to uh, to get their picture with him and tweet it and put it you know put that they were excited to have, have met him. So <laughs> I don't know, that's always funny to watch. Because to me, he's just David that I used to trade wrestling tapes with 10 years ago. Or, well, 15 at this point, I guess. But uh, that pretty much sums it up. And now we uh, we went back to our room and got some sleep. Because I didn't sleep any the night before. 
I actually got some sleep last night, and we are now going through the mountainous, smoky mountain area. We are, well, we're in the heart of Gatlinburg right now, yeah. actually. We're so, right in the middle of the Smoky Mountains. Yeah. And that's what's happening, and there is a ton of traffic coming out of Gatlinburg. Yeah, um, a ton of traffic kind of going in because I'm doing 50 and a 55, so... Yeah, and there's no song about that. No, so. 50 to 55, and yeah, we know why we're still alive. So, so there you have it. I hope that uh, this wasn't too rambling for you, but it pretty much sums up our whole weekend without me having to sit and type it. And uh, like I said, I will probably just uh, steal portions of Scott Hensley's report to put on Wrestling News Center, but we do have... Rosie took a lot of great pictures at the show last night. And I will be sharing those both on Facebook and on WrestlingNewsCenter.com, which is our sponsor. I didn't mention it at the beginning, but please do go check out WrestlingNewsCenter.com. Go there for news, results, columns. For Rose Jackson, I'm Gene Jackson. Thank you for listening to Locals Legends Wrestling Radio. If you'd like to listen to the old ones, if you'd like to listen to the last Rose Jackson edition, go to Locals2Legends.com. Said I love her forevermore But the trouble is I tell the same old story To every girl that walks through the door This is the slick star talking at your money <laughs> Well first they love me and then they don't Sometimes they do it and sometimes they won't So I said to this girl, hey you get out And she got to her feet and began to shout You a dinosaur bro, a dinosaur bro And you're always lying to your friends you're a dinosaur bull, a dinosaur bull, and you never get nothing in the end. What you talking about, ladies? This is the sex they're talking to you. I don't do nothing but tell the truth. <laughs>
screw you guys. I'm going home.